hundreds of thousands of people locked up and fed propaganda. There are many accounts of people who have had their relatives disappear into the camps and we don't really know what's happening to them. Can I ask you why people are kneeling blindfolded and shaven and being led to trains in modern China? Why, what, what is going on there? Welcome to What's the News, the only podcast you'll need to learn about current global events, issues, and stories. I am your host, Tia Rojas, and I can't wait to dive into today's topic with you. So, it's your average Friday morning, and I decide to scroll through the recent articles on BBC News. I go through a couple reports about COVID and the Black Lives Matter protests before something strange catches my eye. It was an article titled China's Hidden Camps that reported about the concentration camps in China for Uyghur Muslims. Now, I don't know about you, but I had no idea that there were concentration camps in China, and after researching more about the topic, I was shocked. So, today, I'm going to share that research with you, and hopefully by the end of this episode, you will have learned all about this event and are compelled to talk about it with others. Now, without further ado, let's get right into it. First of all, who are the Uyghurs? The Uyghurs are a Turkic Muslim ethnicity. Majority of them, which consists of around 11 million people, live in an autonomous region in northwestern China called Xinjiang. On April 22, 2018, a satellite image was taken of a desert in this region just outside the town of Debachin. This revealed an enormous compound enclosed in a two-kilometer wall with 16 guard towers. And this is just one of hundreds of the concentration camps in China. Now, before we elaborate on what happens in these camps and why they are built, let's go back a couple decades and review the changing relationship between the Uyghurs in Xinjiang and the Chinese government. From 1933 to 1949, the Uyghurs had two successions of independence, but both were eventually quelled by Chinese warlords and the government. Due to these outbreaks and the fact that about 76% of Xinjiang's population was Uyghur, the Chinese decided to make Xinjiang an autonomous region and grant the people some semblance of independence to avoid future rebellions. After this change, all was peaceful. That is, until the 1990s, when the Chinese Communist Party created special economic zones, and these zones increased Han Chinese migration, which is the majority ethnic group in China, to the region. This caused the two groups to segregate, the Han Chinese settling in northern Xinjiang near the capital and the native Uyghurs settling in the south. The Han Chinese received higher paying jobs, better education, and were favored by the government. For example, in 2006, a government-run agency, Xinjiang Production and Construction Corps, reserved 800 out of their 840 jobs for Han Chinese. The Uyghurs felt that their cultural identity and independence was being threatened, and they started an uprising. From there, years and years of conflict ensued, involving terrorist groups, bombing missions, and high death tolls on both sides. The ongoing tension and conflict eventually reached a boiling point in July 2009 when Uyghur men were falsely accused by Han Chinese workers for assaulting a Han Chinese woman. This provoked a huge riot which resulted in 197 deaths, majority of which were Han Chinese. The Han Chinese, enraged by this outburst, responded by unsystematically detaining Uyghur men. Later in March 2014, a group of Uyghur terrorists went on a stabbing mission and killed 31 people. 
This final tragedy, along with previous events, have fueled the Chinese government's hostility towards the Uyghurs and have prompted them to aimlessly detain them. Fast forwarding to recent years, it's hard to tell when exactly the first camps opened because the Chinese government denied they even existed until October 2018. During that year, journalist and reporter John Sudworth journeyed to Xinjiang with his team to attempt to visit the camps. When they first arrived, they were followed by several vehicles containing police officers and government officials. Right after they caught a glimpse of an extension of the camp under construction, the people in the vehicle stopped them, told them to turn off their cameras, and leave. They had no choice but to follow orders and turn around, but from what little they saw, they discovered that the camp is a lot larger than they expected, and that the Chinese government clearly wants to keep these projects under wraps. If you were to visit Xinjiang nowadays, you would probably feel like you were in a prison. People are checked daily multiple times, whether you're driving or just going to the market. People can't film around most areas, and questions regarding the camps are ignored and quickly shut down. Here we will listen to Lily Kuo, the Guardian's Beijing bureau chief, describe what Xinjiang looks like and what the citizens experience. So if you go to Xinjiang, um, it you know looks like somewhere that is in the middle of a civil war. There are checkpoints everywhere. There's armed police, military. It is difficult to report there because you will be followed by state security agents that basically intimidate you and intimidate anybody that you try to speak to. These police stations everywhere and, you know, cameras, so many cameras. Now, you are probably wondering what is being done in these camps and what the Uyghurs are experiencing. The Chinese government calls the camps vocational training centers, where Uyghurs choose to go. Based on leaked videos and interviews of people who have been in the camps, we know that that's a lie. It is estimated that around 1 million Uyghurs are in these detention camps, and all of them are having their identity crushed. People are taken from their families, are forced to enter the camps, and there is a very small chance they will ever be seen again. The Uyghurs' religion is being restricted, and Chinese authorities see them, along with other Muslim minorities in Xinjiang, as possible separatists or terrorists. Inside the camps, there have been accounts of attempted brainwashing, forced medications and sterilizations, and even torture. The Chinese are trying to erase Uyghurs because they truly believe all Uyghurs are dangerous, which means they are committing crimes against humanity and cultural genocide. Human rights investigators can confirm that this, in fact, classifies as genocide, not in the terms of people being exterminated over a small period of time, but a slow process of erasing a culture, an identity, and a population. this episode has come to an end. I hope you have learned something today and start to talk about this issue with your families, friends, and mentors. Everyone should acknowledge what Chinese authorities are doing to the Uyghurs and bring awareness to it because it should no longer be kept under wraps. Thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for another episode of What's the News?